Good afternoon. Um, I'm here again. I think it's a Tuesday afternoon. Lovely, lovely weather out. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't get to enjoy it um, quite as much as most of you who are still at home. Um, I'm still in the office, although admittedly it's kind of a it has its pros and cons. I mean, I've already spoken about my uh, crisp addiction previously, and I mean we won't go deeply into that again. But uh, you know they they do stock up the crisps here as normal. So the amount of crisps that normally are in the office for you know roughly two hundred people are being consumed by twenty. Of those 20, how many people eat crisps? I would say, uh, generously, probably 10. And who eats the most crisps? Me. No questions. So uh, I've been eating well. That's that's one thing for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, another thing that's probably worth noting is I'm wearing the same clothes exactly the same clothes that I wore yesterday even down to the undergarments which is <laughs> which is terrible you know I slept in these pants and we won't go any further than that we won't get too sexy but I did sleep in these pants and I'm I'm just fully fully willing to do a what like a 36 hour stint in them I will be getting all of this kit clean off um, when I get home um, and plan on going and sort of working out at some stage. So, you know, hopefully I will just sweat into these clothes even further and, you know, really just, just solidify cement, so to speak, its status as absolutely revolting. Um, so, yeah, here's where we're at. We're ready for another um, kind of quarantine, lockdown kind of discussion. Not necessarily focusing on it, though. So, um, I think this is a relatively tight intro, and we'll leave it at that. Hi. Again, who else is it going to be? It's me, obviously. Um, I did think that something quite interesting to think about was the idea that um, our current status of like being indoors and not particularly um, connecting with people as we normally would. Um, probably highlights or magnifies the kind of the growing importance of online dating. I say importance. I mean, the, the growing kind of prevalence of it, I guess. Um, like, I've, I've had Tinder for, for quite a while now. Like, I, I'm going to say years, probably like, I don't know, maybe three, four years, I don't know. It's hard to really tell. Um, I can't really chart it by 
any means, certainly not through successes, possibly via failures, but I mean, the failures are almost so frequent that it's hard to really, um, you know, it's just a perpetual state of failure, Tinder for me. Um, yeah, but I had it for a long time, and I, I don't really place too much kind of importance in it. I, I have it because I guess I'm bored and lonely, at, you know, a mixture of um, kind of angst and um, sort of phone addiction, I guess. Um, and I, I, I think it has its merits, but it, I think that something that really dawned on me this morning was just the absolute roller coaster that it can be. Um, and it's kind of something that specifically only comes from like this type of, you know, courtship of the opposite sex. Um, so, um, like, what will sometimes happen is, on any given night, I might see someone on there who, quite frankly, shouldn't even be on Tinder, really, because, you know, they could just step outside. I mean, not in these current times. This is the whole point why I'm talking about it, though. Um, but, you know, they could theoretically step outside in a world where people are allowed to step outside and basically every you know take their pick um and i suppose tinder nowadays is basically that taking your pick um and you know occasionally you, you will see these people on tinder and 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 i mean it's almost frustrating really because you're kind of like hold on i mean you just the whole, the spectrum becomes a bit um, skewed at that point because it's just too wide. There's too many people and there's too many people who, you know, it should really be left for the people like me. I, I discussed previously the fact that I'm on the same line as, as say, the, um, the what's he called? Phil, Phil Mitchells, the Phil Mitchells of this world. Me and him, we exist on the same plane. We're just kind of men. I mean, obviously, I'm not... I probably wouldn't win in a scrap versus Phil Mitchell, but what does that mean? You can't even hug a person, let alone scrap with them. So, um, yeah, but the point is, is like, you know, t Tinder is for us, or should be for us. This is, you know, this is our... This just gives us a chance, you know? Brad Pitt doesn't need Tinder. He just needs to walk up a mountain. And everyone he meets on the way up or way down will probably be enamored with him, like me. I'd probably switch sides for him. Um, anyway, I've almost forgotten what I was talking about. Yeah, so you'll see, you'll see like a lovely, a, lovely, um, a lovely person on Tinder who really shouldn't be on it. And you just fire a super like kind of in... I mean, you're essentially putting your super-like in the bin because I think the dichotomy of the super-like is quite interesting because I've wrestled with the idea of do I use the super-like on someone who I feel is attainable but I want to be absolutely certain or do I, do I shoot for the stars? <laughs> and... Um, 
sometimes, sometimes the feeling just gets you and you shoot for the stars. Maybe you've had, maybe Tinder's just been offering absolutely nothing to you and, you know, for a couple of days and you're just thinking, well, what, you know, what's the point? Or there's not really much else on. I mean, it's worth noting that here where I am, there's so few people on Tinder that basically on a daily basis, you might see one or two new people on it, um, which is basically why you kind of, you complete it and then you, you take your lot from there and you kind of work on that basis. Um, but yeah, occasionally you shoot for the stars and even less occasionally, the stars align or they respond. And, you know, there have been a handful of times where they have actually matched with me. And the, I can't quite explain the excitement that comes with that without realizing in myself how how pathetic it is <laughs> um, you, you kind of it, it's incredible really like you have a little you definitely do a celebration or I do anyway I'm not quite sure how I celebrate usually a big fist pump and something like get in there it's like my version of football given that football doesn't exist anymore this is where I get my kind of boisterousness out you know, any big result on Tinder is, is incredible. Huge rush. Um, so you get these moments and, um, and then it very quickly becomes kind of difficult to handle because you sort of, you, you then wrestle with the idea of what possibly can I say to this person that's going to, you know, reel them in, hook them. Um, because presumably... I mean, especially if they're scraping the barrel and finding me there, they can essentially take their pick of, you know, what anyone is saying to them. So I need to say something remarkable. Um, but at the same time, something that's not so remarkable that it makes me out to be the kind of strange person that maybe I am. Um, so, you know, you wrestle with that. I mean, I, I had a moment recently... Um, where I I I, ma I I matched with one of these these um, these truly quite impressive specimens. I, I matched with one of them, and I, and I and I couldn't sleep. I was so excited, I couldn't sleep. It wrecked the next day, <laughs> like because I was like, well, I I mean, what happens when I? if and when I marry them, like, you know, you know, will they, will they mind that I want to call my son a certain name or, you know, you know, how, how are we going to deal with this logistically? It's insane. The level of detail that I get into I, and oh God, it's awful. I couldn't sleep. So, so it becomes this kind of absolute nightmare of a situation and then you end up saying some absolute bullshit like um you know i mean especially now like what else do you say other than you know what are you doing in the quarantine how do you keep busy blah 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 all that kind of just nonsense really because the novelty's worn off i mean what am i doing during the quarantine basically nothing is the answer basically nothing in comparison to what i would be doing or what i used to do um 
So you can't even fall back on that now. Um, and that's exactly what normally happens. You have this huge high, then you have the turmoil, and then you have the crash. And the crash is usually like, a, it's a slow crash. It's a crash that happens on black ice. You know, you've, you've slammed on the brakes, but there's really nothing you can do. It's inevitable. Wherever you end up is where you end up, and, and it's not in your hands. Um, because usually what happens is it's just a, a, a pure ghost scenario. You know, you're just, you, you've said something weird. They may not have even read the message. And if they have read the message, they've, it's almost not registered. It's, it's bounced off kind of like a, a Teflon sort of alternative for a head. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's utterly, utterly sort of um, heartbreaking, really. So yeah. Sorry, I think I actually got a little bit lost in my own um, sort of um, sadness about the situation. Because ultimately, I guess what my point was going to be is that I'm actually not that sad about it. Um, because normally what happens is you, you, you kind of fall on on deaf ears and um, quite quickly it, it becomes quite funny really the the sort of the just the you know the preposterousness of what's going on here like I I don't I, I don't know what I should be doing that that makes it better except for possibly just being slightly better looking but really I don't know what I can do about that um, as I say, I'm I'm on the Phil Mitchell scale. I'm quite good on the Phil Mitchell scale, I would say. Mostly just because I'm not 50, I'm less than that. Um, but, um, yeah. So the whole reason I'm mentioning this, though, is because I've, I've put my clown shoes on again. And I I have had this scenario, which is currently ongoing. Um, and I've, I don't know, was sort of dealing with the turmoil of it and kind of, you know, sort of agonizing over how, you know, how do I stand out from the crowd and, uh, re you know, realize that, it, you know, it doesn't even matter anyway, because who's to know that you can have anything other than a Zoom date for the next three years. And t to be honest, I don't know if I want a Zoom date. Um... I think I'm becoming a little uh, a little sick of Zooms now. Um, sometimes you have a good day on the Zooms, and then sometimes sometimes you have a really a bad day on the Zooms, and you you never want to see a Zoom again. Get Zoom fatigue. Today I've had a good day on the Zooms though, so you know uh, something about oranges and orange juice, or lemons and lemon juice. I'm making lemon juice. That's the thing. So yeah, there's that. So I mean I might update you on what happens with the latest kind of uh, Tinder roller coaster. Um, I may not; it might be too raw. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I don't. I don't know if this is just how we do it from now. Like, 
I don't know if I ever want to step foot in a crowded like bar again. I mean, of course I will. I, I, I definitely will on day one, almost certainly step foot in a crowded place and, and drink and, and catch the COVID and, you know, who knows where we'll go from there. Um, but, you know, you've got to assume there might be a reasonable chance that this is how we go from here. And if that's, if that's the case, it might just be that the takeaway from this is that I really need to start to learn um, how to improve my game. So I guess if anyone is listening to this, you know, even if it's aliens, even if somehow aliens have Spotify subscriptions and they're somehow listening to this, you know, send me some pointers that aren't absolutely ruthless because we know what the internet's like. Um, and, I mean, to be honest, I'd probably rather not hear your pointers, so, I don't know. Take that question rhetorically and have a... Rhetorically? Have a think about it anyway. <laughs> and, you know, consider letting me know, but also consider my feelings, because I'm, I'm sensitive. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else to add on this, except for the fact that, you know... We might be living in a post, a post, like, normal relationships world. We might be living purely in cyber sex world, which, you know, God, awful. Anyway, I'll, I'll probably return shortly with, with some other thing to talk about. Um, yeah. Something else I wanted to talk about was um, that I really respect my auntie. Auntie. I'm calling her auntie because I've never owned, owned, never known anything different. I think probably I'm at an age where I should be saying aunt, aunt. But I don't say aunt, I say ant. And, you know, an ant is an, uh, an insect. Maybe it's not an insect, I don't fucking know. There's loads of different actual underlying insects. But, you know, it's kind of by the by. I call her an auntie. Anyway, um, the semantics aren't important. Um... What is important is the fact that she cannot bake. Um, and this will sound harsh, but but I think she freely acknowledges that. She knows that she's not particularly um, skilled in the art of baking. And it's not for everyone. It's certainly not for me. So, I, you know, I, I do understand that. But... Um, you know, it's it's really not for her. Now, the thing is, so the reason it's not for her is, you know, baking is a science. It's often referred to as a science, and that's why it's too much for me, really. It's, I, I consider it quite a stressful endeavor um, because the margin for error is slim. You know, you can save a, a, a cooked meal, um, 
usually with like whatever but basically if you if you if you have um you know ruined your cake you've ruined your cake too much baking powder is too much baking powder um i mean maybe there are little hacks little mary berry hacks out there but it's kind of i don't know I, 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 it stresses me out. It's a, it's a quite a, a an overawing thing, and um, what's interesting with the way that my auntie bakes is the fact that she tends to use recipes more as a guide, a loose guide, rather than sort of a, a scientific um, method will say so you know if for example you need brown sugar um i quite i do you know i actually really respect the fact that if she looks at a recipe and she doesn't have certain aspects of that recipe presumably all of which are crucial um she will just kind of find another way. So if something needs brown sugar and she doesn't have brown sugar, she will use white caster sugar or she will use icing sugar. <laughs> and whatever comes from it, comes from it. And what I really love is the fact that <laughs> when she produces these cakes and she, you know, you might have a slice if you're, if you're feeling brave, and because what's worth noting is that she generally doesn't know where the problem lies. She just knows that there is a problem. Um, like, oh, the cake's half risen or the cake's massive on one side and not on the other. Or sometimes she'll just say, mm, it tastes a bit weird. And it never fills me with hope. But I'm usually... Um, I usually will try it because firstly I'm I'm kind of a, a gluttonous pig and secondly um I, I kind of want her to feel better about it. Um but yeah, she she doesn't follow recipes, but she'll just she'll just find a way. But she I imagine she doesn't Google what to replace um buttermilk with, for example. I would imagine she she would probably take butter and milk and put it in a microwave or something. I don't know. These types of things. And, um, you know, the results are the results. But my favorite thing about my auntie is the fact that she knows she struggles with baking. I mean, I've got, I think, an 11-year-old cousin. I'm going to say she's 11. She might be younger. She might be older. She's around that age. My 11-year-old cousin can bake better than her mother now. Um, I've had a couple of her cakes in the past few weeks. Um, she's been baking during the lockdown, and they are good, which is nice. It's nice to know it doesn't run in the family. But what's really quite endearing about my auntie is the fact that she just continues to bake. <laughs> and, you know, the feedback is like never really great i tend to give her the best feedback and i and i'm pretty straight with her 
Um, and yet she just keeps going. And, and I absolutely love her for that. I think she's brilliant. Um, and kind of, the, I think now the, the, the cool thing about having one of my auntie's cakes is not that it's something to look forward to. Um, it's, it's like a different experience to eating a normal cake. It's almost like, is this going to be the time where she cracks it? You know, will she get it right? And because there's so much evidence to the contrary, it just means that the one time there is a payoff, it, it will almost certainly be the best cake I've ever had, ever. Because just that, you know, as a life experience, to be there, to be present, to have, you know, been one of the people to sample the perhaps the one and only time that my auntie makes a cake or bakes a cake and bakes it correctly, you know, will mean more to me than any lovely cake that I've eaten by a genuine baker who takes real care, <laughs> which is, you know, um, I'm sorry if you are one of those bakers or if you, if you, if you enjoy baking yourselves, that, that, that the truth is essentially that, you know, through, through, I won't even say trial and error, just through error, my, my auntie will inevitably, um, going back to the science thing, that the, the rule, you know, the laws of, of um, kind of maths dictate that she will somehow, in error, get it right one time. And that's a lovely thought, really. Even if you are, you know, deeply ingrained within you, even if you are bad at something, sometimes you might just get it right. And I think I might leave you with that. Have a nice day, life, one and then, and I will uh, maybe speak to you another time. Bye.